When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I'm here with my lovely wife, Lisa. And we're back on YouTube. So super excited to be here. For those of you listening on the podcast, what is up to you? We still love you guys. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, But very excited in honor of Valentine's Day to be coming back to YouTube. Excited to be doing this as video again. I think that that's part of the show, seeing reactions, um, seeing this beautiful set that you've put together and just um, being a part of the YouTube ecosystem again. Super excited about that. All right, so boys and girls, uh, after a little bit of housekeeping here, we're gonna be taking your questions. And by the way, if you ever wanna submit a question, you can do that. And you submit it to? Connect at impacttheory.com or actually now that we're back on YouTube, just put it in the comments below. There it is. Um, And so for um, Valentine's Day to kick off this wonderful back on YouTube and just special occasion, um, we do have something called Relationship Revelations that we put together last year. And we've tweeted a little, it is questions that you and your significant other can sit down and go over. We have listed them in order of danger quote unquote (laughs) um because the first ones are somewhat easy but as you go down them they really are questions that are going to be difficult they're going to get to the core of your soul exactly and the reason why we put them together like that is we really found like the the tough questions are really where you make the breakthroughs Mm. because if you can both put your defenses down and really approach it with an open mind like it really can um help your relationship Mm. and change it and even though we've been together for so long now even just revisiting these questions and seeing has our, have our answers changed yeah. since last year um, so what we do recommend is sitting somewhere in a safe space so that you guys really can connect and um, really go deep in these questions yeah so guys go to impacttheory.com right now to download those um, questions and as a sample question to give you guys a little teaser at home one question that we have right now is um, what are the top three traits you thought you wanted in a partner that I don't have oh Oh, that's a good one. That's a Um, good one. It is a good one. And so here's the thing. When we asked each other that, 
um, back when we wrote it. it. There's different ways you can um, approach it, I think. is Because for me, I had qualities that I really wanted in a partner. And right. when I met you, I realized, wow, those were um, superficial qualities that I was looking yep. for. But Flashy also, car. Yeah. Uh, bass God, system, so, yeah, big, big speakers. Yeah. I really wanted that. Um, no, ended up um, dating a guy that had an old man's Be Buick. Super lame car. But but it really is interesting to a show that wow, the traits that I thought I wanted that I actually mm. don't, or like I actually did want a tr- this in somebody. In yeah, you, and you don't have it. I don't I wish have you did. it. Yeah, and I think you do both. Do both. Start start with the easy ones. Yeah, but I think it's important, and waters. if you can avoid to take it to heart like personally like if you said i wanted a woman that was you know a stay at home let me can, can i say something right now yeah. if you are afraid to ask that question and you don't actually want to know like you already have a mindset problem like i want to know like if there are traits that i could adopt that you want and i don't possess i want to know that right and I'm secure enough in myself that if you name something and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that trait in myself, I don't value that, that it doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to buckle and just give you what you want. It's like, but I, if it's something you want, I'm really going to look at that because I think we're so malleable that we could have that trait. And that's the fascinating thing. Like People actually want their spouse to lie by omission. They don't want them to, they don't want to be told something that might upset them or whatever. That, that in and of itself is crazy. Like you, you've got to want to know. Like yeah. the, my fear isn't that like you'll ask me something or I'll ask you something and the answer will be like, oh shit, like I don't have that. Mine will be that you've got something inside you that you're afraid to bring up to me. That would be worse. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I do get that though. It's the thing of like, are we hiding it from each right. other? And just taken as an example Not of- Not even that it's being hidden, but like that we're sharing our life and I'm not worried about like some moment of betrayal. I'm worried about then not being able to like get that opportunity to know something that could empower mm, us and bring us closer mm, together mm, and all that's that. That's true. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I was going to say is, is that for instance, if you had said to me, I want like, what are the traits you were looking for that I don't have? And you were like, I, I wanted someone that was going to stay at home and take care of me mm. i wouldn't take that personally and while it may sting like at least now it wouldn't but back then like maybe it would sting when i started becoming um, an entrepreneur i think the truth is is that okay we'll take what he's looking for and sit right sit down together and go okay what is it about someone taking care of you that really resonates mm. is it me specifically or is it you like things being done for you so you don't have to think about it okay if we can refine that and go um, well, it's a bit of both. I don't have to. I don't want to worry about my food during the week, and it does like make me feel a certain way towards you that you're provide, you're feeding me. Let's right. say. So, like, okay, do we hire a chef during the week and get takeout during the week, and in the weekend I'll block off one hour on Friday. Uh, sorry, Saturday, and then one hour on Sunday where I'm making you something. And I think that's why these sort of questions are so powerful because you can figure out a way to get there, mm. or in fact just address it and go. You know what? That's not me. I hear what you're saying. I hear that's something that you want, but I really, like I am meant to be in this position, running a business and I love you and what ways can we overcome this, but that's not me. And at least having that conversation out loud and honest with each other. Word. Word. Um, all right, so now we can get the, to the first fan question, the real fan question. Um, so this is from Chris Altamir. 
Altamirano. You should be reading these names. Chris Altamirano. I'm sure is a Hispanic name that is that. Altamirano, yeah. Okay, there you go. All right. What would you do if your partner feels like they could never meet your expectations or standards? A common phrase I've heard is, it's like I can never do anything right, or I don't feel like I'm good enough. How would you address this? Well, first I would start by really asking, is that true? Like, is it that the person, you have an expectation and they're really not living up to it? Because if that's the case, then you're going to have to really dig deep and figure out what's going on there. Is it that you have unrealistic expectations? Is it that you want them to be something that they're not? And if that isn't the case, then you have to go, whoa, what am I doing where I'm not communicating in a way that they're able to internalize it? Now, ironically, this actually hits pretty close to home for something that we had early in our relationship, which was used to say, oh my God, I actually ended up marrying my father. And you were like, it, like, there's always some like criticism you have. And I remember when you said that, I was like, what? Like, I'm not criticizing you because that wasn't what I was doing. That's definitely how you perceived it. Mm. But what I was doing is like, oh, I see a way that this could be better. Not that you're bad for the way that it was done, but like, imagine if we did, because that's how I think of myself. I'm always looking at myself, trying to be more efficient, trying to do something better, trying to improve. And so it didn't even occur to me that it might be coming across as a criticism on you. That that's just how I look at the world. How could this be done better the next time? But then I really thought, wow, that's weird though that I, or not even necessarily weird, it's an ineffective strategy with the person that I love in order to encourage them to do more of whatever this thing is to just lead with the thing that I think is wrong. Mm -hmm. When I know, like as a teacher, I remember, okay, when you're critiquing a student's work, like always lead with the things you like first so that they're more open and receptive when you get to the things that aren't working. Because if you say the things that do work after you slap, in my case, their film, like you slap it around, like they've already emotionally shut down and they can't hear it. So you never want to lie, you never want to bullshit, but it's like leading with the things that really are working allows them to then hear the rest. So it's like, I knew that in one area of my life, but then coming into the other area, I was just being blind to a far more effective strategy. So once I could really hear you, and then I was like, okay, it wasn't my intention, but that doesn't matter because communication is about what the person hears, not what you intend. So then adjusting my communication style so that you could actually hear my gratitude, my appreciation, and quite frankly, that it focused me on my gratitude and appreciation. Mm -hmm. But if the person really isn't living up and there's this growing resentment of they expect one thing and the other person isn't delivering, then they have to talk about that. You have to address it. And, and through that conversation, you'll see whether you're being unreasonable or whether the other person really needs to step up their game. Well, well that brings me to how do you know when an expectation is unreasonable or reasonable and how do you maneuver that? Got to talk about it. And, you know, it's like with anything, there's so much nuance. And part of the reason that so many relationships fail is people don't know how to communicate effectively. And mm. I'll put one thing in the box of communicating effectively is just defining terms so that you know that you agree on sort of big um, things that you agree on, like, what's the purpose of a relationship and what's the purpose of communication? So for me, I believe that one of the most fundamental driving forces of a relationship is to make sure that you're making that person feel better about themselves when they're with you than when they're not, but never doing that by bullshitting them. So you're always being completely real and completely honest. 
And so sometimes it isn't that you can give them like the attaboy, but you can always give them the emotional support and tell them, you know, be encouraging, um, help them believe in themselves, help them believe in their ability to get to their dreams, not by empty hype, but by, you know, really giving them that emotional support, whether it's just to listen when things are going wrong, whether it's when they're, you know, sort of down on their knees crying, that you pick them back up, you remind them that they can learn, that they can grow. Um, you know, all of that stuff I think is incredibly important. So when you bring that to a situation like where my wife, the person who I want to make feel better is telling me, I just feel criticized by you all the time. I'm like, well, hold on a second. I have this belief system that says that I should be making her feel better about herself through the truth, but I should be, you know, empowering her, uplifting her, and I'm not doing that. So is there like something so important about this criticism that makes it worth trumping that desire? No. So then why don't I lead with the things that are working, the things that I'm grateful for, which focuses my mind in something more beautiful and empowering anyway? And so that was how I got myself out of that criticism mindset. And then I created the maxim, when you have the impulse to criticize, compliment. Again, making it real. But if I had that impulse to be like, oh man, I really like to salt my food myself. I wish you hadn't put salt on it. It's like, hold the phone. <laughs> Thank you so much for cooking this. I cannot believe that you just spent the last 20 minutes preparing a meal just for me, which allowed me to keep working. I'm beyond grateful. That is a true statement. Then after the meal is over and we both enjoyed it, I might say something like, hey, for next time, this was so amazing, but for next time, if you don't mind, I'd like to put the salt on myself. Boy. It helps me enjoy it even more. And then you would run that feedback through my goal in making the meal is to give him something that he really wants so that he understands that I'm here to support him, all that. If that's all I need to do to make it even more enjoyable for him, then of course I would do that. But if I had led with, you just spent 20 minutes slaving away so that I can keep working, and my reaction is, you did something wrong with the salt, you're going to be like, Jesus, why am I, why am I even bothered? doing yeah. this? Like, if it's not going to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. So... Having the, the, that baseline belief, which people don't take the time to develop, having the nuance to realize that you're communicating to another human and how they interpret it matters and that you don't get to just, at least not in my belief system, you don't get to just dismiss them and say, oh, you, you don't get it, you don't understand, you're being overly sensitive. It's like you have to process through that with them and you have to look at what could I do differently to get a different result. Word. Bam. That was awesome. Right. <clears throat> that was great. All right, next question. This comes from Anne Mormon. Hi, Tom and Lisa. What are your thoughts and feelings about term spark in a relationship? My boyfriend of four months has been telling me he's not feeling a spark in our relationship. And how is it not the same as it was with um, was in the beginning? I'm well aware of the honeymoon period, but it isn't very edu. Uh, but he isn't very educated on this topic because he hasn't been in a relationship before. How do I educate him on this without seeming overbearing and stuck up? I think his expectations may be somewhat unrealistic. Oh, there you go. My best friend also tells me that she doesn't believe in a spark. She says all of her deepest connections, romantic and platonic, have been built over time. How do I reconcile between the two opinions and if I have a true connection with him or if our connection was built upon the excitement of meeting each other in the first place, or if I'm out of line and I need to end things because there just isn't a spark in our relationship. Wow, so this is really interesting. Um, I will say that the most fascinating part of that question to me is the word educate. She doesn't need to educate. Right now she needs to listen. 
They both need to be talking. They both need to listen to each other. They need to start defining terms. Like, I'd love to know if she asked him, what is a spark? What are you talking about? Is it purely neurochemical? Is this sexual? Is this just a question of you used to, you know, rip my pants off the second I walked in the door? Like, that may be what he means. Like, there's not a veracity of sexual appetite like there was in the beginning. Um, But if she's thinking, oh, you don't have feelings for me, like you don't see that this could turn into love or like, well, you know, if you've been in a relationship before, you know, that sort of initial cocaine effect, it, it begins to change and morph, but it's still this wonderful, beautiful, nourishing um, thing, experience that's unlike anything else. It's actually better than the spark, but that isn't actually what he means. Or is it really, no, they're both saying the same thing and it's that there is, they, they both define the spark as that sort of you know, beautiful connection that two people have where you look at each other and you can still get the butterflies nearly 20 years later. And it's like, that just isn't there. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how they define it. So going through that and not thinking, because the way that the question is worded, even though she was asking, like it could be, you know, any of these three, if I had to guess, judging by the way that she used the word educate, like how do I educate him on this? He's not really experienced, blah, blah, blah. Um, that tells me that she thinks she has an answer and she's coming at it the wrong way. So I think the two of them need to come together as novices, no matter how many relationships people have been in. I think all the relationships they've been in are holding them back. They're certainly not setting them free. And so they're bringing a lot of assumptions to this relationship. So I think they have to come completely open-minded, understand that people use words differently, and really begin to explain like, this is exactly where I'm at. This is how I feel. So now in terms of the second part of the question, I think that relationships absolutely change over time. I think that the um, cocaine-like effect, and, and I'm explain pulling Explain it, from, yeah, assume that people have never seen so it. So if you or... take people in at the beginning of a romantic relationship, put them in an fMRI machine and scan their brain, you cannot tell the difference between new love and cocaine. So it lights up the dopamine reward centers. It causes you to secrete serotonin. Like there's this whole cascade of neurochemistry that happens that looks like the person is using drugs. And that, thank God, fades because if it didn't, you wouldn't do anything. There's just a way that you get sucked into that relationship. And I remember at the beginning of our relationship, it was the only right word is intoxicating. I literally was about to say the exact same word. It was just intoxicating. Mm -hmm. Not only did I not think about anything else, I didn't want to think about anything else. I just wanted to opine over you and to be lost in you and to write you poetry all day. And like, and that was amazing. And I'm very grateful for that period. It was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And I drank it in for everything that it had to offer. But over time, it allowed us to really begin to focus on developing a deep connection, a real bond to support each other, to become sort of these two orbiting stars. And I think that when you're orbiting stars around a a shared center of gravity, it doesn't become that sort of weird destructive thing where you've got, you know, one person at the center and the other just revolves around them. It's like two people that revolve around the the relationship, the love, the empowerment, the joy, the fulfillment, all of that, that can, when you nurture it and all of that, sit at the center of the relationship and it comes with constant communication and all of that. Um, But it really can be this super powerful sort of notion of 
you, right? The, the we, the togetherness, mm -hmm. right? So if you think of we as the gravitational center, and then you've got these two individuals that rotate around that who are still their own separate entities, um, you know, then it, it gets pretty amazing. And so for me, it was like, I wouldn't want, like if you said there's two buttons before you, you can be in the all-consuming drug-like period of your relationship, or you can be where we are now, where it's like, you're this functioning unit, you can do things together, build together, create, enjoy, like, for me, it's so easy. So it doesn't have the acute drug-like effect, but it is, it's, it's like fulfillment versus Happiness. Happiness is so transient, mm. whereas fulfillment will weather any storm. Fulfillment is actually born. I took a cold shower this morning, and I really didn't want to. And it was really cold when I got in. I just was not in the mood for a cold shower today. And I reminded myself as my body went into not panic mode, but like this just crushing sense of urgency, like every fiber of my being was screaming, get out of the water. And I thought, wait a second, I control that. I don't need to feel that sense of urgency. And instantly I relaxed. And then I got out and I was cold and it was a hard thing. And I was so proud of myself. That's fulfillment. So it's very different than a bowl of ice cream. Mm -hmm. But when you can have that sense of like deep contentment, connection, it's just much more powerful. So anyway, that is a very long way of saying that they've got to really come to define what they want, talk through this, figure out where they are, figure out what they want from a relationship, be open to that the other person, whether this is his first relationship or not, has insights. For him to be open to her perspective on having been through it before. Um, so I think that at the end of the day, the only real answer for them is listen to each other, define terms, and then we can figure out how to march forward together. Yeah. Um because if she even said about her friend, right, I think it's irrelevant, right? Everyone's got different experiences. Some people do develop over time. Some people do have the immediate um, spark cocaine here. Um, so I think that they do need to talk about how they are coming to that relationship together as individuals versus listening to someone else because her friend may have been like that, but that doesn't mean that she's going to be like that or he was like that. And it doesn't mean that they're mutually exclusive, right? right so yeah. in my experience, you get both. Yeah. You get this one thing that happens instantaneous, not instantaneously, but relatively rapidly. Yeah. It is very acute, very intense, very overwhelming in a pleasurable mm -hmm. way. And then over time, you morph into a couple. Right. But also, in fact, I actually just posted about this. Um, when you're making that transition, so we were very aware that that transition was going to happen if we wanted a long-term relationship, and so we were very aware that it was. Um, but it's it's important to make sure that you're still um, working on each other, oh, sorry, working on yourself at the same time. So for instance, the more comfortable you get, the more you, know, you don't make, make as much of an effort. And I, at one point, especially when we started Quest, right, for... The first two years, I was basically in sweatpants, hairnet, and like sneakers that were like really old because I didn't want to ruin my new ones. So for two years, you were seeing me every single day at work, like looking like, you know, a hairnet and a, cat, a lab coat. It's not exactly sexy. And I remember like getting into that habit, right? Because every day it's just like, it was so much work. We were spending so many hours at the office. And so the last thing I want to do on when I come home on the weekend is to get dressed and look sexy, right? And then you end up in a pattern where you're just um, living every day and you're not necessarily thinking about, 
okay, well, when I first met him, I did make an effort. And that is still important. Even if you're not going to, even if you're not trying to capture the exact spark that you had, I think it is important to still make sure that you're making the effort for each other as well. Um, and um, yeah, so like making sure that like even got my hair done today and like I was hoping like you would like it right like I do things like that because I still want to see that spark in your eye um mm. it may not just be in the relationship as intense as you first were when you first got together yeah and I won't let you lie to these good people you go into a movie premiere that's why you did your hair that's actually <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> but your hair does look good that's true but to be honest like part of me was we just spent all weekend in onesies right. matching onesies it is I'm pretty gonna... funny how drastically different though you look over the <laughs> right. weekend but so yeah gonna own it we I don't spent mind, though. I don't a what me like, being in a onesie yeah like I don't I actually don't find you less sexually attractive but I will say that I like the like the drama and stuff exactly. like it looks rad and I love right. that you do that sometimes but it's not like on the weekends I'm like girl you better do that hair right but if I I think though, if I didn't make an effort for a while, Ever? you, I would want mm. you to be honest with me. Yeah, I think you're you're with the wrong person for that. Like my thing would be, I'll notice it when you do it, but I won't be like, oh man, I really wish you would dress up or whatever. Yeah, you that's would true. think that about me though. Yeah, that's and actually yeah, that. that's actually very true. Maybe. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't feel good about myself if I didn't like mm. dressing up and doing things yeah. like this. Give me the confidence that, is... that exude it. Um, this question is from Michelle Penford. When your standards, expectations are not met and your partner doesn't open up to communicate how to work together, when is walking away an option? Man, here's where people think that I'm a horrible person. Walking away is always an option. That's what makes a relationship beautiful. It's like walking away is always an option. And so you're building a relationship, you're building something around not walking away because there's something so amazing here that it's worth fighting for that I'm committed to this person. And so I don't think anyone should always lead with that because it's not a functional way to get through a relationship because you don't just walk away because something's going wrong. You don't walk away because the person offends you. You don't walk away because they do something that you don't like. Now you're going to have your bright lines, cheating, um, violence, cruelty, like for sure. Um, but I think that when it's shy of one of those bright lines, then it's like, well, how good do you want to be at communication? Like, how good do you want to be at making a relationship work? Like, mm -hmm. that's something I value in myself. I want to be good at that. I would see breaking up as a failure of my ability to navigate a relationship, to construct something that is wonderful and worth fighting for. And so, but at the same time, like, I'm the guy that's like, if I've, exhausted all of that and I get to the end of my abilities and I look at my future abilities and I look at the person that I'm with and I'm like, yeah, it's not worth fighting for. Um, they would have to be a fundamentally different person or whatever. Then like, I don't understand people that would stay in an unhappy mm. relationship. That just does not make sense to me. So yeah. I would have that conversation with him, right? If she really is at her breaking point where she's like, I've tried everything, I would sit that person down and say, 
I want this relationship to work so much. I love you. I, you know, love being with you. I really love your company. Like, I want this to be a long, you know, long-term thing. But if it's going to be, these are the things that I feel we have to address in order to get there. And I need to know, are you in? Like, it's going to be hard. We're both going to fail and mess up at times. But are you in? Because if you're emotionally willing to do the work and I'm willing to do the work, then we can overcome things, lack of communication and things like that expectations let's talk about that but if the person isn't bought in to do it then to me it's like then I walk away no matter how much I love them because then I can see okay well in a year two years three years nothing's going to change because they're not willing to do the work and I'd rather have that conversation now and be heartbroken now and do the work to walk away and recover than to spend another two three years like what would feel like you know hitting my head against a brick wall because I really want this relationship to work and the other person just isn't willing to communicate or do the level of communication that's going to be needed for us to really stay together yep so All right, we got a would you rather segment. All right, so are you ready? ready. Would you rather? All right, would you rather feel disappointed by? I feel like a little music needs to play. Like, Um, would you rather? (laughs) Okay, would you rather feel disappointed by your partner on Valentine's Day, or feel disappointed that you don't have a partner on Valentine's Day? Oh, that's good. And the thing is, I know what you're gonna say. Really? Yeah. Tell me. You'd rather not have someone on Valentine's Day. That's interesting. That's not my answer. Whoa. Yeah. The funny thing was that was my first impulse. And then I thought, well, wait a second. Because I'm with you, I would much rather be with you and disappointed with you on Valentine's Day than not be with you. All right. But let's say I didn't exist in your life. Um, Would you rather be alone? I I do value relationships. So it's probably better to be in a relationship and disappointed on Valentine's Day than to Mm. be single. Um, but I don't fear being single. So I guess I just really believe in my ability to work through the disappointment to one, not let it wind me up and spin me out of control. So I'm not going to be like some hysterical sobbing mess. Um, you know, I would just say like, Hey, this is what I would have liked. And I'm really sad that I didn't communicate that or I did communicate it. I'm sorry that you got overwhelmed. and didn't do it. Um, how do we make this better for next time? Because this really bummed me out. Like, I know that we would get to the other right. side of that. And you wouldn't hold on to it because I think that's yeah. important as well. Once, very, very. if you've been disappointed, address it. Once you've got like that satisfaction, okay, they get it. What's the next thing we're going to change for next time? Then you need to move on. Like, you can never bring it up again. You can't hold it, you know, over someone's head because they made a mistake. And if you really want them to improve, then you need to encourage the pr- improvement, right. not punish the mistake. Yep. Um, and can I just tell a, a very quick story? Please. So <laughs> you already know I told you the other day. So for the last three weeks, I've been kind mm. of every so often been thinking, I really hope that you buy me flowers. Right. And you've got like the for most Valentine's. for Valentine's Day. You've got the most incredible choice um, when you choose flowers. Like you really think outside the box. It's always unique and cool. And so I was like, oh, I hope he does something really cool for me. And I'm thinking this, I'm thinking this, and then we shoot an episode of Women of Impact where I had a panel show and I had other ladies on the show. And we sat there and we literally went over like, okay, what are the things? And one of the things I I said is, 
set yourself your partner up for success like if you have an expectation on valentine's day then let them know because if you don't tell them ahead of time how on earth are they supposed to know mm. you're relying on memory right okay well lisa did you ever like memory tests at school no i hated them why because i've got a terrible memory it's not an accurate um uh what's the word demonstration of whether you're good at a subject or not it's just a right. memory test anyway so i'm I say this on the episode, I'm like, you have to set your partner up for success. Like what I do is I just tell Tom, these are the flowers I want. I do a review a couple of days ago. And as I'm sitting there watching the review of the episode, I'm like, huh, I haven't even told him that I want flowers. <laughs> and I literally have been sitting here expecting, but I am saying out loud what right. to do. And so literally on the weekend, I grabbed you and I was like, hey, babe, I really want flowers. And I was uber specific. I was right. like, look, I know that you like to think outside the box, but I actually want roses mm. and red, red roses. roses. I was going to say to be specific. Yeah. Um, and it's because all these things I was literally thinking and hoping. And I was like, well, why do I not just tell him? Like the fact that if I tell you and you mm. go out and you do it, it means that you, you listened, you spent the time and you went out and did it versus testing you right. how well does he know me i barely even know myself sometimes i was surprised that i wanted red roses on valentine's right. day because normally i like the weird flowers so and i kind of went on for a little tangent but it really is like let your partner know so going to not being disappointed on valentine's day just tell them what you want and we even sat down and we had a conversation selfish desire what do you want to do on mm. valentine's day if you don't even have to think of me and you said, like, go to the movies. Battle Angel Alita. Okay. And my response was, well, that's not very romantic. And you said, right. You I asked said, me what I wanted. I said, yeah. homie. So what we ended up doing, we're not going to go see Battle Angel, Angel Alita. Alita. Much to my dismay. Okay, I want to see it, but we're not going to go on. Do you? But we're not, <laughs> but we're not going to go on Valentine's Day. Right. And that wasn't a dig at, like, I don't give a shit about you. Mm. It's like, I was like, well, babe, I'd like to do something romantic. Yeah, and your you were, evening sounds amazing. But you understood that. So yeah. it wasn't that just because you say it out loud, it has to be done. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that if, if it doesn't get done, that you're not considered. It's just, we now figured out the best romantic night. And that's the thing. Like, instead of trying to guess at what the other person wants, and it would be so, like, legitimately, and I'm going to give some credit to my uh, reactions of this kind to the success of our relationship, it would be insane to me for you to be pissed that I want something different than what you want. Right. So, like, your ideal Valentine's evening for me, is like an amazing second choice. Amazing, I love it, it sounds wonderful. I'm super excited to do it, it's gonna be an awesome day. But it just so happens that I've really been looking forward to a movie mm. that is like my aesthetic to a T, James Cameron producing, like everything going for it, and it comes out on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. Now, when I say, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we won't do that because I want to do something that we're both excited about. Right. You pitch your idea. I love it the most or second most. And so, like, <laughs> that's what we're going to do, yeah. right? And that's the whole thing with selfish desire is to say truly what do you want selfishly, not what do you think, you know, will be okay that the other person will want to. Both lay out your selfish desire, and then some percentage of the time, I'm gonna say it's probably 60% of the time, one of the selfish ideas, the other person's like, actually, that does sound pretty mm -hmm. rad. And then you, you just get to go with one of the person's selfish right. desire. The other time, it's like, oh, we kind of have to blend these. Yeah. Eh, fine. Right. Or it's like, you know what, neither of us are feeling that, so what's something that we could craft together that we could do? But at least now I know where your head is really at, 
and you know where my head is really at. And so we can find something that really fits in those. But oftentimes people are like, they get pissed and you'd be off to your girlfriends like, can you believe yeah. Homeboy <laughs> wants to see Battle, Battle Angel Alita on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, the romance is dead, ladies. Yeah. The funny thing is, part of me got, like, for a split second, for a split really? second, I almost That's got a little so bit. I was like, I he doesn't want to watch a romance. But of course, I mean, look, before my, my words could even right. formulate, I was like, that's ridiculous, Lisa. Is that why you slapped me? But that was, yeah, partly. <laughs> um, and that's a joke, just for people who may not right. know our humor right now. Um, but I really did, once upon a time, be like, I would have got offended. I would have been insulted that you didn't want to do something romantic. And the truth is, is we're different people. We have different ones. That doesn't mean that you don't love me, right? And that's kind of when it all comes around mm. is that, okay, him saying he doesn't want to, or not doesn't want to, but him saying that his selfish desire isn't like, oh, give me a back rub with candles, Leah and Celine Dion playing. It's like, okay, maybe that's something that I want, but to expect you to want that isn't fair on you. Mm. Now, it's very different if I was like, baby, I'd really love this. And you're like, that's fucking ridiculous, right? If you were like mocking me for yeah, it. Yeah, if I'm horrible about your idea or right. you're horrible about mine, it's like the idea should be that I actually want to know what you're you really, really want, excited yeah. about. Yeah. Because also for me, just so you get an insight, it's not unromantic what I wanted to do. Like if you were really excited about it and we were going together and it was like, because understand I want to make movies like Battle Angel mm -hmm. so it's like for us to be dreaming together and to get popcorn midweek which we never do and to like go to the movie theater which we rarely do and see a movie on opening night which we rarely do like oh wow I'm just like a bitch of a not, not at all but do you see what I'm saying it's like what people no, often because for them it wouldn't be romantic right, right. they're misunderstanding their partner yeah and when they go to yeah. a judgmental place you're shutting down and not trying to figure out like you know i'm really interested by that why would that be like the thing you want to do on valentine's day and mm. it's like but so often people do shut down and they never get to to actually understand the other person like they're so annoyed that they don't see the world the way that they see it and they take that as a personal affront to like either in this case that the person would think that I'm not being romantic, that I don't want to connect or share something, not realizing I have a whole different frame of reference around it. And for me, it's like the dream that we're building together and all of that yeah. tied up in this moment. So for me, it actually is this beautiful, romantic, exciting right. thing, which makes sense why I would be stoked on it for Valentine's Day. But also though, no one's wrong. Well said. Right? Because I literally, as you were talking, I was like, okay, imagine I said this, I asked you and you were like, babe, I just want to spend all night in bed, like porn on, going wow. at it. Like if that's... Is this on the table? <laughs> <laughs> it's always on the table, baby. Um, so in, in fact, if you said, I, that's what I want. And I, I was like, but I want an evening where you take me out, you wine and dine me, candles lit. I want, you know, an orchestra to play while we're eating. Like whatever. How what, many pieces in the orchestra? Yeah, but, yeah. but whatever that is, my way's not right and your way's wrong, right? We're both right because that's what we both want. Right. And that's another thing that we don't bring the judgment to the table. Like, as long as you're honest with me, if that's what you want, then cool. You may not get it, right. but being able to have that space where you can be honest and someone's not judging you for it, um, I think is also very important.
And then because you've openly shared what you want, you can have the ultimate evening where we're in bed with the porn on, but the orchestra's playing. Wow, look at you. Huh? And right. they came, their bedside. I like it's perfect. You, put, you put them two together, get takeout. Exactly. Nice. Um, all right, rapid fire. It's going to have to be. I know. Okay. Would you rather, you ready? Go. All right, rapid fire. Would you rather meet all of your partner's expectations of your relationship or meet all of your expectations you have for yourself, not both? Oh, God. Uh, rapid fire for myself. Oh, shit, yeah, for myself. Um, would you rather have high expectations of your partner that are never met or have no expectations of your relationship and never feel disappointed? Say that again? Would you rather have high expectations of your partner that are never mm -hmm. met? Okay. Or have no expectations of your relationship and never feel disappointed? Oh, you know, it's probably better to never feel disappointed. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I, if that, that last word was fulfilled, that would have been very different. Yes. Um, all right, that was it. Boom, there it is. Guys, thank you so much for watching today's episode of Relationship Theory back on YouTube. We want to hear from you guys what you liked, what you didn't like. We've got some cool things upcoming in um, the next episode. Not necessarily the next episode, but we've got a bunch of things coming up. We're going to be having other couples on to discuss things. We're going to be having some specialists on to discuss relationships and sex and all of that good stuff. So we're ramping it up. We've got this beautiful set. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry, one more thing. Yep. And um, please, guys, if you want to have, um, if you want to download the Relationship Revelations, where we've got our questions, it is at impacttheory.com. That's impacttheory.com. Go over to the website now, download that PDF, and get started. There it is. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe if you're on YouTube. And if you're on the podcast, we're trying to crack into that top 100. So leaving us a five-star review on iTunes would be amazing. And until next time, my and friends. And if you're not following Tom Bilyeu, oh, at yep, Tom Bilyeu on all platforms. And if you're not following me, at Lisa Bilyeu on Instagram. There it is. All right. All right. Until next time, guys. Be, be legendary. legendary. I wanted to come up with like a be legendary together. Be legendary together. There it is. <laughs> it's catchy as hell. <laughs>